Hello, and welcome to the Dr. Jocker's Functional Nutrition Podcast, the show designed to give you science-based solutions to improve your health and life. I'm Dr. David Jockers, doctor of natural medicine, chiropractor, and functional nutrition practitioner, and I'm the host of this podcast. I'm here to tell you that your body was created to heal itself. And on this show, we focus on strategies you can apply today to heal and function at your best. I'm excited about today's podcast. But before we jump in, I wanted to remind you to download this month's special gift at drjockersgift.com. From keto meal plans, smoothie recipes, to fasting quick start guides, we have a new complimentary gift every single month. To get your gift, simply visit drjockersgift.com. That's D-R-J-O-C-K-E-R-S-G-I-F-T.com. Thanks for spending time with me, and let's go into the show. I'm excited to announce that we just launched my new book, The Fasting Transformation, a functional guide to burn fat, heal your body, and transform your life with intermittent and extended fasting. If you've been listening to this podcast for any period of time, you know that I'm a huge advocate of fasting. And in this book, I take you on a journey to help you understand how fasting helps balance your blood sugar and improve your insulin sensitivity, how it shuts down inflammation in the body, how it optimizes your hormones, turns on fat burning, and activates stem cells for deep cellular healing. Guys, I go through how fasting, I go through all the best science and research on intermittent and extended fasting and how to utilize it to help prevent or even heal from cancer, autoimmune conditions, digestive disorders, and neurodegenerative conditions like Alzheimer's and Parkinson's. Guys, the book goes over all the various research and practical applications for daily intermittent fasting, partial fasting, and extended fasting. This book is designed to help inspire and empower you to embrace a fasting lifestyle while also enjoying tasty and healthy foods at the right time to improve your metabolic flexibility and energy efficiency so you can burn fat for fuel and have all day energy. You are gonna love this book, so check it out. You can get it on amazon.com. We also have a website, drjockers.net forward slash fasting transformation. That's drjockers.net forward slash fasting transformation. You can learn more about it. And of course, you can pick the book up on Amazon. You're going to love it. Thanks so much, guys. So this podcast is an audio recording of one of my most popular YouTube videos about the top six foods that cause anxiety and what to eat instead. Our diet dramatically impacts our brain and our mood and anxiety is a sign of inflammation in the brain, especially the kind of anxiety that you just really have trouble controlling. It's normal to have a little bit of anxiety for doing something that, you know, that that might be stressful or new or, you know, that there may be some pressure on us to, to perform, for example. It's normal to have a little bit of anxiety, but we should be able to keep that at bay. If you have anxiety that you can't control, it is a sign that there's something something seriously wrong. And oftentimes it can be an issue in the gut and it can be an issue with our diet. So in this, in this podcast, I'm going to go through the foods that drive up anxiety, cause more inflammation and irritability in our brain, 
and what you should replace those foods with. So what kinds of foods are going to support your brain, help balance your mood, help balance your neurotransmitters so you can feel calm and relaxed and be able to perform the way you desire to perform. So I know you guys are going to get so much value out of this podcast. And if you wouldn't mind leaving us a five-star review, your reviews help us reach more people and impact more lives and really change the world for better. And if you haven't already subscribed to our channel, now would be the time to do it. That way you get notified whenever we put up a new podcast so you never miss any of these valuable trainings. And let's go into the show, guys. Hey, guys, Dr. Jockers here. And today we're talking about six foods that trigger anxiety and what to eat instead. And so when we look at anxiety, we know that this is a modern-day epidemic. We've got, in 2018, 40 million people in the U.S., we're suffering from anxiety disorders. I mean, that's 20% of our population. That 39% of Americans said they felt more anxious in 2018 than they were in 2017. So it's growing and it's causing a lot of suffering. I mean, 321 million workdays are missed due to anxiety and depression every single year. So it's a big deal. Now, how do you know if you're dealing with anxiety? Well, typically you'll notice, obviously, excessive anxiety and worry but kind of a um, wired and tired feeling where you're really tired, but you just can't sleep. You can't turn your brain off. And a lot of people will tell me that they get, they get in bed and their, their mind is just racing. They're thinking about all kinds of things. And um, it can obviously be very troublesome. You don't get a good sleep, lowers your immunity. You don't feel well the next day. It affects your mood, your performance, and everything that you do. And, uh, and so this is common with general anxiety disorder. Now, what can trigger anxiety? Well, four main things. Blood sugar imbalances play a huge role. Gut-brain axis dysfunction. I'm going to talk about all of these. Glutamate GABA imbalances and certain food substances. So if you have food sensitivities, that can absolutely trigger anxiety. So blood sugar. See, when we eat food, normally our blood sugar is going to go up. Even if we eat a very you know low-carb ketogenic meal, we're still going to have some level of rise in our blood sugar, and that's normal and that's natural. And we'll also get a little rise in our insulin. Insulin comes out to take the blood sugar and basically the sugar and put it into the cells where it can be used for energy. And normally, should be a slight rise in the sugar, slight rise in insulin. You know, after roughly an hour, hour and a half, two hours, it kind of balances and stabilizes. And then we should be able to go longer periods of time, you know, without, without necessarily needing to eat because things are balanced out. Now, what happens when we're eating a poor diet or if we're eating something that our body is sensitive to, or if we're just under a lot of stress, it can also contribute to this. Um, we get blood sugar imbalances. We eat food and we get this massive spike in blood sugar. And then following that, we get this big spike in insulin, which pulls the sugar into the cells but very often we end up with something called reactive hypoglycemia where our blood sugar drops too low too quickly and now our brain says oh my goodness blood sugar's too low this is an emergency i'm not getting enough i don't have enough fuel so this is an emergency now when that happens it activates excitatory activity in the brain so we get anxious we get irritable hangry oftentimes we have headaches nausea. These are all excessive excitatory activity in the brain. These are symptoms of that. And then typically, you know, we go looking for food, you know, our adrenal glands will try to modulate our blood sugar. So our brain will send a message to the adrenals, blood sugar's down, 
the adrenals will pump out cortisol to help and, and adrenaline to help get the sugar up because those are, you know, cortisol is a glucocorticoid to help helps boost up blood sugar. So that way, you know, our radar says, oh, okay, we've got, we've got more blood sugar. So it pulls stored sugar out of the liver, or out of the muscles in order to do that. So this is kind of the yo-yoing response that a lot of people get is that they consistently have high and low blood sugar and never really stable blood sugar. And ways that you know you may deal with this would be things like anxiety, um, depression, mood disorders, headaches, um, feeling thirsty all the time is another symptom of it, fatigue, uh, irritability. These are all symptoms of it. Cravings, hunger and cra- like frequent hunger and cravings between meals. These are all symptoms of blood sugar imbalances. Now, another mechanism is is uh, problems with the gut-brain axis. You see, the brain is constantly communicating with the gut through the vagus nerve. The vagus nerve travels from the brainstem down into the gut where it activates stomach acid production, bile release from the liver and the gallbladder, and also uh, pancreatic enzyme production. And it also stimulates the movement of the intestinal muscles. We call that peristalsis, which helps with motility, sweeping out um, you know, sweeping out poop and all kinds of endotoxins that build up in your gut. And when you don't have good motility, the bacteria and the microorganisms in your gut will break down the food that you've eaten and they're going to produce a number of endotoxins. And if we're not getting those endotoxins out, they're going to get into the bloodstream, circulate, and they're going to impact the brain. They're going to cause more inflammation, upregulate uh, inflammatory uh, activity in the brain, which will then cause an increase in anxiety, uh, depression, irritability, things like that. So these, the, the brain and the gut are constantly talking and communicating. And when there's disorder in one area, it can absolutely affect the other. If we're under a lot of stress, we're not going to get good vagal nerve activity, which can cause lowered production of stomach acid, bile, pancreatic enzymes, and motility, and therefore we're going to have more endotoxin production. We're not going to digest our food well. We're going to have more fermentation by gut bacteria, and we're going to cause more problems. So, you know, if our brain is overwhelmed by stress, it's going to affect the gut. If the gut is not functioning well, we're not, you know, we're not getting good motility and things like that. It's going to affect the brain. So, very important that we understand that. Now, glutamate to GABA. These are the two main neurotransmitters that give us brain excitation and brain calmness and peace. So glutamate is like hitting the gas, right? We need that to think sharply and quickly, to react to stress quickly, perform at a really high level to think sharply. Um, You know, we need that. So glutamate's very important, but it needs to be balanced by GABA. GABA is, again, the calming neurotransmitter, like the brakes on the brain, which helps us calm, relax, be more emotionally balanced and stable. That's very, very important. And so we have a enzyme called glutamate decarboxylase, which helps to metabolize glutamate into GABA. And so very important that that enzyme is running well. Now, that enzyme is dependent upon vitamin B6 and magnesium. So if we're deficient in vitamin B6 and magnesium, which is actually very common, we're not going to get good conversion there. Now, on top of that, there's a lot of things that activate glutamate. See, glutamate's more survival-based. The body's wired for survival over, you know, long-term healing and emotional uh, balance. So survival's more important in the moment. So there's a lot of things that swing the body towards glutamate. Stress does, blood sugar imbalances, 
uh, food sensitivities, right? These things, gut issues going on with your gut. Like when you've got leaky gut, the body thinks you're at risk for an infection. So it creates this inflammatory process in the brain, which activates glutamate. So a lot of things that activate glutamate, you've got to be really intentional about doing things to help activate GABA. So very, very important here. Now, <clears throat> let's talk about six food substances that trigger anxiety. Top ones are sugar and processed foods, gluten and grains, and these things impact our gut-brain axis as well as our blood sugar, which then will result in impacting our glutamate GABA balance. Um, artificial flavorings, especially uh, aspartame and MSG, they can really uh, have a bad effect different preservatives, processed vegetable oils. It's like your corn oil, soybean, safflower oil. These things create more inflammation in the body. Conventional meat products, because these things have um, bad fats in them, a lot of chemicals, so uh, pesticides, herbicides, things like that, that are bioaccumulated in those meat products. So I don't recommend those. Um, and then too much caffeine. I think all of us have experienced it with caffeine. I'm, I'm, I'm very pro-caffeine. It can help somebody think sharply and quickly, respond to stress, you know, be more mentally alert. A lot of benefits to that. However, if you do too much, uh, it will definitely cause anxiety. It will increase glutamate, lower GABA, and you'll end up with that anxiety and too much excitatory activity in the brain. So you got to find your, your caffeine threshold that works good for you. It gives you the performance benefits, but you're still able to be balanced and you know, emotionally controlled and, and not, not develop anxiety. So MSG, it can be real problematic, monosodium glutamate, and you really got to watch your labels for this. And so you'll see these are all kind of code names or industry names for things that may have MSG in them. Now, I want to make a few caveats here. You'll see gelatin in the upper right corner. So if you just see something that, you know, the, the brand doesn't necessarily have, it's not necessarily known for highest quality ingredients and it says gelatin, then I would be suspicious However, you know, grass-fed beef gelatin can be really help, help, healthy and helpful, right? It can be actually very, very good. Um, so not a concern with that. Or if it's like a supplement made from a, a high-quality supplement manufacturer that might use gelatin, won't, won't be an issue. But sometimes in food manufacturing, they use that. You'll see whey protein. Actually, it's in there twice. Um, but whey protein, if it's grass-fed, organic whey protein, or goat, you know, goat milk whey protein, or something like that, it's going to be higher quality and you're not going to have the MSG. But if you just see random whey protein, again, in a processed food product that may not be highest quality, um, then, you know, you should be suspicious of MSG. Same thing down below where you'll see like enzyme modified enzymes or fermented. In general, fermentation like fermented foods can be healthy for us and enzymes can be healthy for our body as well. But again, look at the food, look at the quality of the product, you know, the reputation of the brand. Are they, are they uh, reputable for promoting good health? Do they source really high quality ingredients? That can help you make your decision there on whether you should trust that or you should be suspicious of whether it has MSG in it. These things can all act, they, MSG basically increases your free glutamate in your brain. So it ramps up glutamate and obviously that's gonna cause more of that excitatory activity and that anxiety. Hey, I just wanted to take a moment and tell you about a new product that I've been taking every single morning. It's from our friends over at Paleo Valley. It's called Neuro Effect, and it is a neuro supportive blend of eight full spectrum mushroom extracts 
and whole coffee fruit extract. It's designed to help boost up brain-derived neurotropic factor, BDNF, which is like miracle grow for your brain cells. It has got lion's mane mushroom, well-renowned for its effect on the brain. It's got reishi mushroom, which is phenomenal for your immune system. It also helps with calming your brain and helping you sleep more effectively. It has got shaga, as well as cordyceps in there, which are phenomenal for energy and for mental clarity. It also has turkey tail mushroom and maitake, which are amazing for your immune system as well. So this product also has whole coffee fruit extract, only two milligrams of caffeine, but whole coffee fruit extract actually boosts your BDNF levels 4.3 times greater than if you were actually drinking coffee itself. I mean, we all know that coffee helps improve your energy or mental clarity, but it's the whole organic coffee fruit extract that has the most powerful effect on your brain without the downside of caffeine. That's what you get in this neuro effect product. So I've been taking this on a regular basis to support my brain health, my immune system. I take it in the morning and you can try it now too. I've negotiated with Paleo Valley to make sure that you guys get 15% off this product. It's called Neuro Effect. You can find it at paleovalley.com. Use the coupon code JOCKERS to get 15% off today. Now, ways to reduce anxiety, anti-inflammatory healing diet, number one. So we should be looking at a diet that's low in starch and sugar um, and very high in healthy fats like avocados, grass-fed butter, coconut products, um, olives, olive oil, nuts and seeds maybe, you know, for some people can be really good, uh, grass-fed, organic meats, wild-caught fish, wild-caught seafood, um, lots of herbs, lots of non-starchy vegetables, like broccoli, cauliflower, cabbage, uh, spinach, possibly if, if you handle oxalates okay, asparagus, cucumbers, celery, herbs like turmeric, ginger, basil, oregano, thyme. These are all really good. Um, you want to remove food sensitivities, and I'll talk more about that. You want to reduce stress, prioritize good sleep. I think that goes without saying. Anybody with anxiety knows that. It's just a matter of doing it, right? Um, improving gut health and bowel motility move your body properly, use magnesium. And then we're going to talk about a couple key GABA supplements that can be helpful as well. So we look at food sensitivities and food allergies. We know that food allergies are immediate reactions. Like you eat a peanut, your lip swells, or you eat, you know, almond and you're, you have anaphylaxis, you go into anaphylactic shock, right? So it can be life threatening and it's immediate. Whereas food sensitivities are much more common, uh, you know, at least 45% of the population suffer from them. Some would say 75 to 80% actually deal with them. And they can actually, you know, the reaction can actually be up to 72 hours after eating the food. And typically you're going to notice different symptoms like digestive symptoms, acid reflux, bloating, maybe increased pain in your body, maybe fatigue, trouble, you know, you have to clear your throat a lot. Um, you're really thirsty, eczema or different skin issues like acne, mood issues, anxiety, headaches, right? Things like that. So the most common food sensitivities are going to be things like wheat, gluten, which we've, you know, kind of talked about a little bit already, milk and dairy, corn, eggs, and sugar, right? So these things are the most common, but really anything can be a food sensitivity. So it's a really good idea to be a detective. And if you're noticing unwanted symptoms, 
experiment with, you know, trying to isolate, you know, one food at a time and, you know, for a week at a time or so and see if your body has a positive response to that. If you take it out, do you feel better? Okay. That would be a sign that you're, you're having a sensitivity to it. So it'd be better to avoid that at least for a period of time. Now, very important that we're taking long, deep breaths. So the average person is actually breathing very short and shallow, and that stimulates a fight or flight physiology, which increases glutamate activity. Okay. Again, in order to, we've got to be intentional about doing things to help support our GABA. So support that glutamate to GABA balance, deep breathing, really helpful for that. So unless you're exercising intensely or you're doing a lot of talking, it's important that you are taking long, deep breaths. Okay. Very important that you're doing that as much as possible to create more balance in your nervous system. Now, movement is also very important. So movement is very therapeutic and I differentiate movement and exercise. I consider exercise, anything you're doing at a very high intensity, and it's very good for your body to be doing strength training or, you know, sprints and interval training, maybe two to four times a week. Okay. Doing something intense for about 30 minutes, two to four times a week can be really, really helpful for building muscle tissue, helping enhance your uh, oxygen extraction, helping support lean body tissue development. So a lot of good benefits there, but we shouldn't consider that you know, basically we need to separate movement and exercise. So movement is just getting out and walking. It's, you know, maybe even walking around your house if it's, you know, a nasty day out, but just getting movement in is so important for your circulation, your lymphatics, improves tissue oxygenation, very important for that glutamate to GABA balance, that ratio. So that actually, when we're moving, light movement, you know, not intense, but light helps support GABA levels, right? So can really help with your mood, your memory, your, you know, ex uh, uh, your ability to experience joy. So in every study where they compare exercise and antidepressants for people with mood disorders, exercise always uh, supports the person more. And that can even be, again, something as simple as just getting out and moving. And that's because movement also stimulates brain-derived neurotropic growth factor, which has a big role with um, basically uh, enhancing your overall brain activity. And then it also helps, again, with, with GABA levels to create more calm for your brain. Now, when we look at supplements, okay, magnesium is my number one go-to. We know that magnesium plays a role in over 300 functions in the body, really important for brain and nervous system activity. And so... Uh, most people are deficient in magnesium. We use magnesium like a car uses oil. When we're under stress, we're going to deplete up our magnesium levels. So magnesium, very important for blood sugar stability. Also very important for gut motility too. If you're constipated, uh, that could possibly be a sign that you're also magnesium deficient. But again, most people are have some level of magnesium deficiency. So I recommend supplementing. If you're dealing with anxiety and you want to get over it, this would be my number one go-to supplement. If you're going to do one supplement for anxiety, it would be magnesium. And if you're going to look for the very best magnesium, what you're going to want is brain calm magnesium because it is magnesium L-threonine, okay, which is the best form that crosses the blood-brain barrier. Other forms, magnesium malate, magnesium citrate, these forms are good forms, and they're going to impact the nervous system, but they don't cross the blood-brain barrier as well as the magnesium L-threonate. So L-threonate uh, crosses better, has more of a, uh, a better impact on 
uh, developing brain synapses and BDNF, brain-derived neurotropic growth factor, really good for calming a stressed brain, improving sleep quality, improving your mood. When you take it during the day, you notice better emotional balance, emotional stability, and energy and concentration. You take it in the evening, it's going to really help with sleep quality uh, and calming your brain. So really, really beneficial there. And, and it's a GABA agonist, meaning that very important for that conversion of glutamate to GABA. If you're magnesium deficient, uh, you know, you're not going to be able to create enough GABA. So magnesium is important. For some individuals, they also need B6, vitamin B6, okay, which can also be very important. If you're eating a really healthy diet, like I talked about, grass-fed, pasture-raised, organic animal products, lots of, uh, you know, non-starchy vegetables, broccoli, cauliflower, different things like that, nuts and seeds, you should be you should be getting enough B6. Some people just genetically need more, or if they're under a tremendous amount of stress, they may need more as well. So they may need to, to supplement with, with some B6. If so, I recommend P5P. Uh, that form is an activated form of B6, works the best. Now, another supplement we have is called Mood Protect. And Mood Protect is for somebody that, I always recommend starting with the magnesium. If you're doing everything I've talked about, okay? So doing the lifestyle factors, you're taking magnesium and you're still having problems with anxiety, then I've got two other solutions for you here. So Mood Protect has got GABA in it, right? So you're actually supplementing with direct form GABA and it also has 5-HTP, which is the precursor to form serotonin. Serotonin is also calming on the brain and promotes good mood as well. Um, this supplement also has L-theanine, which L-theanine is a nutrient that comes from, um, comes from green tea and it helps promote calmness and relaxation, helps promote GABA. So this is going to really help. It also has some other nutrients in there to help support neurotransmitter synthesis. Um, so that's a great supplement to take. Now, if you're dealing with anxiety that is more like panic attacks, like really extreme, then what I would recommend is taking the GABA Calm. So instead of the Mood Protect, I would use the GABA Calm. And this is good for you know, those emergency panic situations. Basically, this is a chewable form, and you get direct GABA, twice as much GABA in this as you do as you have in the Mood Protect. You get it directly into your bloodstream through the sublingual pathway. So it'll through the saliva um, in your mouth, it will get through into your bloodstream. So it acts really quick, whereas the Mood Protect is going to go through your digestive system. So it's going to take a little bit longer to act. But this can be great for those people that deal with those panic attacks or extreme anxiety. To get immediate uh, relief with that. And this alone, even if you didn't do any of the other supplements, will give you that immediate relief. However, we want a comprehensive plan because we don't want to just be treating the symptom of the panic disorder or the anxiety. We want to actually get to the root cause, correct it, so you don't have to live with this for the rest of your life. And so that's why you want to do everything I just talked about. But having a little of this on hand, obviously, can be really helpful for those really challenging times. Um, really love and appreciate you guys. If you know anybody with anxiety, please share this video. It's a very important video. Literally, it could be life-changing and life-saving for them. So please consider sharing that, sharing it as well. Hopefully, everybody has a wonderful day and be blessed. Well, that's all for this show. And I want to thank you again for spending your valuable time with me today. And if there was something you heard in this interview that you have questions on or you want to dive into deeper, then drjockers.com is the best place to go. 
If you enjoyed this episode, please consider taking just a quick moment and giving us a great review. Your reviews help us influence more people and transform more lives. And if you took something valuable away from this episode, then please share it with someone in your life you know it can help. We'll see you soon on a future podcast. Be blessed, everybody.